Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. to have you in, uh, in church with us today. Today's a special day because uh, a couple of times a year, a few times a year, usually in the spring and in the fall, we push pause on our series, on our normally scheduled series, and I bring you a vision message. Uh, this is one of those Sundays that I'm going to preach a standalone message to you about the vision of our church. And uh, the reason we do this is because uh, you need vision for where you're going in your life. I'm, uh, write this down in your notes. I didn't put this on the screen. But if you, lose, if, you, if you lose your why, you'll lose your way. Right? If, if you don't know the why of your life, then you can't find the way in your life. Sometimes you feel confused. Uh, uh, disoriented, I don't know which way to go, I don't know what to do in this season, I don't know what to do with this season. If you lose your why, you'll lose your way. If you have a why in your life, in other words, financially, if you know that this is what I want retirement to look like, there's some great retired people in our church, and I have a vision. I, sometimes Randy and I, we leave them and we go, man, I want to retire like that, I, wanna, I don't want to have fun like that, the only thing I don't want to do is play golf you know, in retirement, but I do want to have a golf cart, everybody, and I'm going to wear short shorts, and Long socks, long tube socks with the, the, you know, the, the bands along the top. And I want to yell at kids to get off my grass and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I have a vision for this. And, and, but it's not going to happen. I'll lose the way to get there. You'll get to retirement and go, man, what happened? And life just sort of happened and we didn't know how to get there because you lost your why. You got to know, I want to spend time with my kids. I want retirement to look like this. Here's what I want to do for the kingdom. Here's, here's what, and, and you won't save every month. If you don't have a why in your life. Are you with me everybody? It's true in your health. At least that's what I hear. That if you don't know why you go to the gym. It will just be easier. Right now I'm on a 42 year streak of not going to the gym. So uh, if you lose your why. You lose your way. And I want to help you today. I want to help all of us with our why. I always like to tell you where I'm going before I get here. We just finished our Voice of God series. If you're new to our church family. We normally take three or four or five or six weeks. And preach uh, the same theme in those times we call those series. I'm actually starting a new series next week called All Eyes on Jesus. And I don't know how long it's going to last. I know I'm going to go uh, the, the month of April, maybe the whole month of May. I don't know after that how long we'll go, but it's just going to be a great time about the life of Christ. Uh, I'm going to preach about the miracles of Jesus, the life of Jesus. It's going to be a great time. But I'm pushing the pause button today on that to bring you a vision message about this church and about your life, about what I think is God's vision for your life. Somebody asked why we teach vision, why, why do we do this, and, and if you're new to our church family, listen, you'll hear this uh, uh, again, I promise you, and if you're not new to our church family, you've heard this before, but I want you to amen it like you haven't, because I'm always, a couple of times a year, going to, if you come here long enough, you're going to hear those same themes over and over and over, because I want to help you have vision in your life, and here's the reason why, Proverbs, the 29th chapter says it like this, that if people can't see what God is doing, they end up stumbling all over themselves. You may have memorized it in the King James Version. It says, without a vision, people perish. They, they, they die in their own... If they don't have something to go for, if they, if they can't see God's plan in their life, they end up stumbling all over themselves. But when they attend to what God reveals... In other words, if you'll get in on God's vision for your life... They are what? What are they? Oh, that sounds powerful. 
Oh, I can't wait to live with that. Man, the most blessed. If they'll attend to what God reveals, they are the most blessed. Maybe you don't want that, but I want that in my life. I want to be the most blessed. I want to, when you see me coming down the road in my golf cart, short shorts, and long socks, I want you to go, that brother right there is the most blessed old brother I know. That's that guy right there. His kids are the most blessed kids I know. His marriage is most blessed. His health is most blessed. He still got his mind, brother sharp in his 80s, still preaching the gospel. He is most blessed. Y'all don't want that for you? I want that for me. I want it for you. Somebody said, well, this is a prosperity kind of gospel. No, this is a blessing kind of gospel. By the way, there's nothing wrong with the blessing of God. That's what God wants for your life. He wants you to be a most blessed person. He wants prosperity in your life. He wants your your marriage to prosper, your health to prosper, your children to prosper, your career to prosper. He wants blessing in every area of your life. But listen, you don't get it doing your own thing. You get it when you get in on God's vision for your life. It could be that you're stumbling all over yourself. Stumbling around, trying to figure out what to do and how to move. And I don't know what to do next because you don't have something bigger than the mess of your life to live for. If you don't have vision for where God wants to bring you, if you don't have vision for your life, if our church doesn't have vision, if your family doesn't have vision, if your marriage doesn't have vision, you'll end up stumbling your way through life, not really landing on anything. Stumbling from this career to that career, this job to that job, this relationship to that relationship, this church to that church. Never fully committing because you don't have vision in your life. My God wants to bless you. God wants you to live the most blessed life. And I think God has a plan for how you live the most blessed life. As a matter of fact, I believe in it so much we started a church founded on what I think is God's plan for your life. If you come around here very long, you're going to see it. We write it on everything. We put it on t-shirts. We actually put it on the wall of the building outside. When you go to the lobby, you'll see it. I think it's the vision not just of our church. I think it's God's vision for your life. I think it's the greatest thing you could give your life to. And I want to teach it to you today. And as we head into this holy week, I want you to sort of realign. I want to use this one day on Palm Sunday to realign your life. That it's not all about me. Say amen. It's about taking next steps towards God's plan for my life. So here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, write this down. I would take notes because I want to go to heaven. (laughs) I'd write this down. Here's the first thing. The vision of our church, and I think God's vision for your life, is that you know God. That you know God. Notice we didn't say that you know about God. I met a lot of Christians who know about God, but they don't know God. You ever met somebody who knows about healthy eating? <laughs> you ever met, look straight ahead, you ever met some, some brother in his mid-40s or 50s who knows about football? But if I was out there, let me tell you what I did in college, let me tell you, this is what I do, I'd, this is how I used to be right here, this is how I used to, you ever, you ever watch March Madness with a brother who's a little overweight who talked about how he used to be, he knows about what those athletes ought to be doing, he just ain't out there on the court. 
I've met Christians who know about the Bible and about God and about the way things ought to be, but they don't know God. They don't have a vibrant, life-giving, spirit-empowered relationship with God. This church is not for theologians. It's for normal people, average people, people like me and people like you who say, I may not know everything, but I know the one who does know everything. I may not have all the answers, but I'm seeking after the answer in my life. I don't want you to know about God. I want you to know God. I want you to know Christianity is not a half kind of... It's not a game you can just half play. You can just hold back some. When you give your life to Jesus, when you know God, you go all in with God. It's an all in kind of sport. It's knowing God in a vibrant way. It's knowing God with all of your heart. It's not in your head. It's in your heart. The plan of God for your life is not that you come here year after year, Sunday after Sunday, service after service, and get more knowledge. It's that you come here and get closer to the knowledge giver. It's not that you expand your understanding of God. It's that you expand your wonder of God. That the awe of God, that I can't believe God would choose us, that I know God. Shout amen to that, everybody. The heat's making y'all real sleepy. That's why we keep it cold. Jeremiah 29, 13 says it like this. If you look for me, how? Wholeheartedly, then you will find me. I'll be found by you. If you look for me wholeheartedly, I'll be found by you, says the Lord. I'll end your captivity and restore your fortunes. How many of you want that in your life? I want freedom from the stuff that holds me back. I want God to restore everything the enemy's taken from me. You don't get that by halfway serving God. You don't get that by holding back part of your heart. You don't get that by holding back part. Well, I give God this, but not this. God has access to this, but not that. No, I'm seeking God with my heart whole heart that you know God I want you to be a vibrant people that know God that are in love with Jesus I want you to be a worshiping people can I teach you just for a moment as your pastor I'm a little hot and wild right now so I gotta be honest with you I'm, I'm kind of running I'm running hotter than I normally am I want this to be a worshiping church If you don't like a worshiping church, I love you. Let me help you find somewhere else. Is that okay to say? Because this is going to be a worshiping church. This is going to be a church that knows God's presence is here. We are a presence-driven church. We're going to sing with all we've got. We're going, there are going to be people beside you with tears falling out of their eyes. There are going to be people who move to the front. There are going to be hands raised at every opportunity. It's going to be loud all the time. You're going to hate heaven if you don't like loud church, by the way. The Bible says coming out of the throne is the sound of rushing waters, everybody. Thunder and lightning comes out of the throne. And some of y'all won't quiet dead, carnal, cold church not me I need to know God in the power of His resurrection I want to know Him shout amen to that that you know God the vision of our church the vision that I want you to grab a hold of is that this church is built write this down on lost people saved We're built to help lost people know God. That lost people get saved here. I've asked the Lord that every Sunday we have church, 
somebody gives their heart to Jesus. Every time we gather together, somebody says yes to God. Every time we're in this room, somebody gets born again. Every time we host an event, somebody says yes to God. Every Wednesday night, we have students. Some student takes a step towards God. Every single kid's service, some 7-year-old, 8-year-old, 9-year-old child gives their heart to Jesus. Are you with me, everybody? This church, I love you. If you're a Christian, I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the family. But we didn't build this church for Christians. This church primarily is built for lost people to get saved. For lost people to be saved. This is the perfect church for imperfect people. If you're looking for the perfect church, you gotta keep you gotta keep trying, okay? Keep trying other ones. But let me just give you a little insider tip. The moment you get to the perfect church, you'll ruin it. <laughs> I'll mess it up, everybody. I, I listen, I could mess up a one-car funeral. I I I can just you can just mess stuff up. Because I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but God is. And we're going to bring imperfect people to the most holy, perfect God. We want to see lost people get saved. Now listen to me because this is going to be the pastoring part. We didn't primarily start this church for people from other churches. I'm glad that you're here. If you're under church, de-church, disconnected from church, cold, carnal, calloused, if you're looking for a more vibrant relationship with God... Welcome to the family. But we didn't build this church primarily for church hoppers. We built this church so that Christians would get on mission finding lost people and lost people would get saved in God's house. Shout amen to that. This is a presence-driven church where people come to know God. That lost people are saved. That lost people are saved. That lost people are saved. We are a hospital not a holy huddle. Some people, when they go looking for church families, they look for the put together. I like that all those people there are like me. They all seem good. They all seem like they have it together. They all seem like, you know, that just other families are good. Everybody, and I know what you mean, but listen, this is not a holy huddle where we get together and talk about, did you like it? Did you like it? Did you like it? Do you? What do you need? What do I need? What are we thinking? How do we think? No, no, no. This is not a holy huddle. This is not just a bunch of Christians getting together and hyping each other up. This is a hospital for broken, hurting, lost people to find Jesus. Hey, let me let you in on a little secret, Christian. You're in the same hospital. Now other people may be in triage and in the emergency room because their lives are falling apart. But honey, you hadn't graduated out of the hospital. You're st- you may still be on the, on the top floor. Try- you may feel like, well, I'm getting better. But you're not all the way there yet. Now, by the way, neither am I. It's the same hospital for everybody. Are you there, everybody? It's lost people being saved. i got to hurry. Number two, we want to help you know God. I want to help you find freedom. I think God's plan for your life is after you come to know God in a vibrant way, after our church helps lost people be saved, I want to help you find freedom. He chose those words carefully because you don't stumble across freedom, you find it. You work it out. Justification, salvation, being born again happens in an instant. It can happen for you today. But sanctification, the process of deliverance and finding freedom in your life, that's a journey. You gotta find that. You gotta work that out in your life. You can be saved and still bound by your past and your habits and your hurts and your struggles and your sins. 
And the greatest thing, listen, the best thing I can help you with as a church, the best thing as your pastor I can give you after I preach the gospel to you and after salvation, the best thing I can help you do is get in godly, right relationships. Because you have a better chance at finding freedom if you have the right people around you. I have a much better chance at low carb because Krispy Kreme is a drive away. But if that joker was close to me, I'd have to be wheeled on this stage. Are y'all following me, everybody? If you're an alcoholic, listen, it ain't nothing wrong. You, but you, just, you can't go to the same restaurants everybody else can. Are you with me? Because when I walk, when you walk in that restaurant, when I walk in that temptation, it, there's something there that uh, you got to have a different atmosphere if you're going to walk in deliverance. You got to have different friends. You got to have right relationships. You need spiritual family. You need godly spiritual family. You need a church family. Now listen, this is unpopular preaching, but I'm an unpopular preacher, so let me tell you. You can get saved all by yourself, but write this in your notes. No one grows up alone. There's a move right now in modern Christianity that says, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. Honey, you don't love Jesus and hate the church. It's impossible. Did you hear me? It's impossible. If you don't like brandy, you're not going to like me. Because wherever Brandy goes, brother just follows. Where are we going? I told her one time, this is true, I told her, I said, you can leave me, but you better pack two suitcases because I'm coming. I, we 23 years in. I ain't near about trying to start over. Are y'all with me, everybody? Why? Because she's my wife. Look at me. Listen to me. Look around you. This is more than just a collection of a few hundred families. This is the bride of Christ. And if you don't love the bride of Christ, I got a question of whether you love Christ. You got to love what He loves. And spiritual family is vital to your maturity. You cannot grow up Alone, You can get saved alone. You can be born again by yourself. It's you and Jesus plus nobody else. But if you want to mature past that moment of conversion, you need other believers in your life. If you want to walk in freedom, you need free people to walk with you. You need a team. You need a small group. You need a spiritual family, a church family. You need other believers. Look through your Bible. There's not one instance in the New Testament of a lone ranger Christian. Not one. They didn't even have church online. If you miss Paul, you just missed him, all right? You cannot grow up alone. We need freedom from our past, deliverance from who we used to be, and we need a new community of people to do life with. It's why tonight's so important. It's our membership class at 5 o'clock. We feed you dinner. We take care of your kids. That's probably the best part, everybody, honestly. But, but I want you to... I want you to find freedom. I want you to find community. I want you to join the family. I, I tell you this often. I don't want to be the church you attend. I want to be the family you belong to. We want to be the church family that comes alongside you. Because Proverbs 13 and 20 says, If you'll walk with the wise, you will do what? Become wise. 
but a companion of fools suffers harm. You need the right people headed the right direction. I've never been on a cruise ship. Who likes to cruise for vacation? Where are you at? You don't have to raise your hands. It's kind of like CrossFit. Everybody knows. Right? <laughs> Cruisers are like CrossFitters. They tell everybody. You know what I mean? You don't have to ask. Everybody just knows. You know, you, well, cruising's the best. I've never been on a cruise ship before, uh, uh, primarily because I'm not in control. That's what my counselor would say. But, but I'm, I'm worried about a couple of things I can't get into right now. But anyway, I've never been on a cruise ship before. But I hear it's awesome. And cruisers love going on cruises. And they just cruise all the time. And it's the best thing. And you can have anything that you want on a cruise ship. It's the most magical place. You can have all the entertainment that you want. One night, you can have a magician just doing tricks and just old devil, just doing all kinds of illusions. And the next night, it's salsa night. You just, you salsa yourself till you can, you just do all you can. The next day, you lay by the pool with a virgin pina colada in your hand. The next day, you go to the buffet. It's all you can eat. Pizza, one meal. Burgers, the next meal. Lobster tails, the next meal. A side of two steaks. Ice cream all night long on a cruise ship, everybody. The chef will make you whatever you want. Here's the problem with cruise ships. The church is not a cruise ship. The church of Jesus Christ is a lifeboat, not a cruise ship. And some people want the same treatment in the body of Christ they get on Royal Caribbean. How would you like it? What would you like us to do? How do you like the music? How do you like the temperature? What would you like to be entertained with today? Tell us what you want. Just whatever you want. We're here to serve you, please you, make you happy. Anything that you want. This whole place is for you. We did this whole cruise just so you could have a good time. Anything you want, you can get here. That is not the church of Jesus Christ. This is not a cruise ship that caters to Christians. This is a lifeboat that rescues sinners, everybody. This is a lifeboat. We are not a cruise ship. We are a lifeboat headed into the wreckage of sin and broken lives and a hurting world and we're pulling people out together together we got work to do listen lost people need to get saved write this in your notes saved people need pastoring that's why you need a family that's why you need a small group because we pastor you better in groups that's why you need to be on a dream team. That's why you need to be in a church family. Because you're not just a face here. We tell our team often, we tell our dream team and our staff team all the time that every number has a name. And every name has a story. And every story matters to God. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. And every story matters to God. Lost people get saved. Saved people need to be pastored in a church family. And let me say one more thing about this and then I'll move on. We're not here to get people out of other boats. We're here to get people who are drowning in the water. I will. If you're from another church, I'm glad you're here. If you're searching for a church home, I'm glad you're here. I hope that you find it. I just want you to know up front, like I, no hiding. I don't want there to be. I don't want you to be coming here three months and then figure this out later on. We didn't start this church for people from other boats. 
There's a lot of lost people drowning in their own sea of hurt and sin and wreckage. And I need you on the lifeboat pulling people out of the water. Shout amen to that. Lost people saved. Saved people pastored. Number three. Once you know God and then you find freedom from your past, I want to help you discover purpose. I want to help you discover your purpose in your life. Once you've cleared the lens and the smudge of your past, I think the most incredible part of Christianity begins when you realize that God made you on purpose and with a purpose. That before He formed you in His mother's womb, in your mother's womb, you were in the mind of God. That you were in His mind before you were in your mother's womb. That all the days you'll ever live are written in His book, the psalmist said. They're written in His book in heaven before one of them came to be. God had the story of your life. You are not an accident. You didn't marry Him by accident. Some of you are thinking, oh yeah, it was Vegas. It was an accident. (laughs) Listen, you didn't marry her by accident. You didn't have those kids by accident. You didn't walk in this church by accident. You came because God has purpose on your life. The greatest calling on my ministry, 23 years of vocational ministry, this is my life message, that God has called you uniquely. God's put purpose on the inside of you. And don't you settle one day of your life for less than living in purpose. That you get up every day knowing I am living on purpose. I'm pastoring on purpose. I'm I'm serving on purpose. I'm leading this business on purpose. I'm working in this job on purpose. I'm teaching in this classroom on purpose. I'm going to this college on purpose. I am not just taking up space, building my retirement account, buying a house and settling down. I am living my life on purpose. That there's calling in your life. you got to move beyond eating and sleeping and working and paying bills and realize God has a plan for your life. Ephesians 2 and 10 says we're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, you were not born again just for you. God gave you something to do. You were created in Christ Jesus to do something. You were not created to just be a consumer. You were created in Christ Jesus to be a contributor. That God's called you to do something that only you can do. I grew up in church in a little Pentecostal church. And I thank God for my heritage. I have nothing but good to say. But I remember the preacher pointing his finger and yelling. Just as, just, It felt like straight to me. And he said, if you leave, God will fill your seat with somebody else. And for some of my childhood, I served the Lord out of fear that if I left, God would fill my seat with somebody else. Now listen to me. If you leave, I promise you God will take care of you. You don't worry about that. But I don't know that I believe God can fill the seat you're supposed to fill. God may fill your seat, but only you can fill your purpose. Only you can do what God's called you to do. You've got calling on your life. You are not just a consumer. You are not just a greeter in this church, just a kids worker, just an usher, just a guitar player, just in broadcast, just working a camera, just just high-fiving people when they walk in, just a singer, just making coffee in the morning. No, I've got purpose in my life. I've got purpose. I'm doing something that only I can do in my life. We are a presence-driven church. We're a people-driven church. And we're a purpose-driven church. I want you to be a purpose-driven people. I want you to follow the plan of God. That you know God. 
that you find freedom with the right people, the right relationships, and that you discover purpose. Once lost people get saved and saved people get pastored, listen, that our job as a church family is to help pastored people be trained. It helps pastored people be trained. I'm, I'm, let, I'm peeling back the curtain on who we are as a family. I'm just giving you some vision for why we do what we do and how we make decisions and what, what we do as a church family. It's so that lost people get saved and saved people get pastored and so that pastored people get trained. I want to help you get on purpose in your life. Listen, if you have a career, you get paid for it. If you have a calling, you realize you were made for it. This is more than just what I punch the clock to do. This is my calling of my life. Every morning I get up, I tell the Lord, my feet hit the ground, I tell the Lord, I'm, I'm, call, I'm walking and calling today. Thank you for choosing me. When you check in to Dream Team Check-In, where our, the amazing army of volunteers, where they check in to serve on the weekend, and sometimes they serve outside of our church and in outreach events and all over our city when they're doing all that sort of stuff, there's a sign there that says, it's a privilege to be on this team. Thank you, God, for choosing me. When we built this church on that wall right there where I walk out every single Sunday, 52 Sundays a year, multiple services, hundreds of times I walk on this platform. Behind the paint on that wall, we wrote as big as we could, it's a privilege to be on this stage. Thank you, God, for choosing me. I'm walking in purpose. And if you're not, I'd love to help train you. Lost people get saved and saved people need pastoring and pastored people need training. It's why Welcome Home is today. Listen, you've been kicking the tires long enough. Discover the purpose of God in your life. Become a member, get in the boat and then decide to do something that makes a difference. Do something that's in your life. Do something that only you can do. The church is a locker room. You are trained here, empowered here, equipped here to do what God's called you to do. That one thing that only you can do. And the reason why, listen, is because you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving other people. Write it like this. Saved people serve people. Saved people serve people. Saved people know church isn't about me. I love it. I'm thankful for it. But this is a locker room. This isn't even the game. This is the locker room. This is where I get equipped. This is where the power of God touches me. This is where I, I, I get empowered to do what only I can do. To, to reach for people. To, to serve people. To do what God's called me to do. You say, well, pastor, I thought, I, I, you know, I, I, I like to be blessed. And, 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 I like, and I do too. And I love coming to a spirit-filled church. Some of you, this is the first time you've ever been in a spirit-filled church. Some of you are not really sure what that means. You're looking for the basket full of snakes. Not that kind of church, everybody. I'm from Arkansas, but not there. Okay, everybody, just not that, not that kind of church. And some of you are waiting for people to fall out. That could happen here. We believe in that. But listen to me. Listen to me, spirit-filled Christian. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit, when He's poured out in Acts, the second chapter, the first thing they do, the Holy Spirit comes down, descends on them, tongues of fire. They speak in a language not their own. And the very first thing they do is leave the upper room, go down to the street, and start serving people. The Holy Ghost is not for status. He's for service. He's for service. 
The Holy Spirit on the inside of you is not for status. It's for service. God, you filled me with your power. Now give me something to do with it. Help me to be on fire. God, show me somebody. Show me how I'm supposed to make this work. God, you gave me your strength, your power, your anointing, your calling. Now let me walk in my purpose. And if you'll do that, listen, you'll do the fourth thing. Come play so I can quit. You'll do the fourth thing of the vision. You know, God, find freedom, discover purpose so that you can live your life to make a difference. To make a difference. To make a difference. Lost people saved. Saved people pastored. Pastored people trained. I'd love to train you tonight at Welcome Home 5 o'clock right here in the building. So that you can make a difference. I need trained people mobilized. Lost people saved, saved people pastored, pastored people trained, trained people mobilized. Listen, that's it. Look at me. That's why Jesus saved you. He saved you to make a difference. That's why the triumphal entry happens. Yeah, He he had to pay for our sins. Yes. Yes, He was the substitution for our sin. Yes. The cross was belonged to me and not him. Yes. Yeah, he paid the price so that I could be reconciled to God. Yes. But the resurrection, the resurrection is so that you could live eternally and so you could live abundantly. And everybody's okay with eternal life. I want you to have abundant life. I want you to live your life for others, making a difference. It's so easy to get caught up thinking that I'm going to do what I need to do. Doing this for me. If you're not careful, your life starts to look like things that don't matter. You know? Your life starts to look like things that don't really last. I'm not a... I'm not a fire and brimstone kind of preacher and I'm not really even good at it. But i got to tell you, the world's getting worse, everybody. Outside these walls, it's, it's just getting worse. And I need you to be mobilized to make a difference. This is not the time as a Christian you just come and consume and complain. This is the time. It's all hands on deck. There's lost people. There's people drowning all around us in their own sin and own hurt. You have the Holy Spirit not for status, but for service. Trained people need to be mobilized. God's vision for this church is that we mobilize an army of people who make a difference. Time's running out. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, are we in the last days? I said, I don't know if these are the last days, but these are my last days. Right? Like these are all the days I got. So whether or not these are the last days for all of humanity or just my last days, I got to decide how I'm going to live my life. Am I going to live for me? For my preference, my stuff, my comfort? Or am I going to live God's vision for my life that that I know God, vibrant, life-giving, spirit-filled relationship with God? That I find freedom 
from my past with other believers that helped me, heal me. That I discover the purpose of God for my life. That I don't just, I don't just do it for me, but no, I, I, have, I have a calling. I have purpose in my life. And then am I going to mobilize my life? Am I going to arrange my life such that it's making a difference? Psalms 90 and 12 says, Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. These are my last days. And then help us to spend them as we should. There's only a few things that matter in your life. I'm almost done. Write these down. God matters. People matter. And eternity matters. Look at me. God matters. People matter. And eternity matters. And as your pastor, a few times a year I have to redirect us from politics and elections and economies and retirement and stock markets and news cycles and wars and earthquakes. And, and I have to remind you, God matters. People matter. And eternity matters. And you need to get on mission helping others know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Why? Because found people find people. Found people find people. Ushers are in the aisles and I have something for you. I want you to take one out of the container when it comes just slide it down the row and then pass it to the row behind you we're going to teach you all how to pass an offering bucket if it makes a devil mad I'm going to give him a black eye until I teach you how to pass an offering take one of those lifesavers don't listen don't eat it don't open it <laughs> some of you are thinking it's about your breath it may be but just hold it in your hand Pass those containers. Hurry, hurry, hurry. The row behind you. Pass it down your row and then the row behind you. Hold one of those lifesavers in your hand. Don't open it up. A few times a year, I, I'll give you one of these red lifesavers. It's a simple reminder. Listen, look at me. That you're not saved for you. That there's other people in this world who need saving. That God put you in the job He put you in. On the campus He put you on. In the office you're sitting in. On the team you're on. God put you in that school. God put you in that neighborhood. God put you in that community. God put you in that area. God put you in that neighborhood, in that home. God gave you that business. God gave you that opportunity. Those employees, those team members. God gave you everything you have. Not just for you but so that you could rescue others. This is not a cruise ship. It's a lifeboat. This red lifesaver, I kind of attached mine to my Easter invite. You go to my truck right now, parked out back, there's two of them in my console, unopened, and they have names attached. As a matter of fact, I just talked to one of my lifesavers yesterday. And that lifesaver represents the person God's put in your path to rescue. And I'm asking you on this Easter week and kind of as we turn our attention through the spring and summer.
to ask God, who's the one? Who's the one this week that you've put in my path that needs the Easter message, that needs resurrection in their life? Who's the person in my life? Who's the person on my team, in my job, on this campus? Who's the person in my family, in my neighborhood, in my cul-de-sac who needs rescuing? God's ultimate plan is to save you, put you in a family that cares for you, redeems you with purpose, and then have you reach back into the water and get more people onto the boat. So God, who is this? Now listen, here's the reason why we give out lifesavers. Because I want you to hold it and don't eat it. I want you to carry it with you. I carry mine in my truck. And when the person you're praying for comes to Jesus, it could be next Sunday. I hope it's next Sunday. You take that red lifesaver out of your pocket and during the gospel presentation, you kind of watch and pray. You know what that means? That's where you close one eye and kind of watch, you know. <laughs> You're praying out of this eye, watching out of this one, you know. And next, next Sunday, you just wait. I give the most clear gospel presentation I give all year long on Easter Sundays. If you've never been to Easter City Hills, it's, it's, it's powerful how we help people take next steps. Everybody in the room will take a next step towards God next Sunday. And when somebody you brought to God gives the heart to Jesus, you just open that lifesaver and I'll hear it. And I'll know and you'll know that God used you, that your life made a difference, that you had vision for what, I just wasn't supposed to get saved for me. No. No, I'm supposed to help people know God. I'm supposed to help people find freedom. I'm supposed to help people discover their purpose. I'll do that tonight. And I'm supposed to help train and mobilize an army of people who make a difference in this world. Bow your heads and pray. Hold that lifesaver in your hand and ask the Lord, who is it? Who is it, God, this week? Come on, this holy week, this passion week. Jesus, you rode into Jerusalem because you cared for her. As a matter of fact, you cried and prayed, Jerusalem, I would gather you together like a hen gathers her brood. You rode into that city because you cared for the people. God, as we walk into this holy week, I pray for the people of our communities. I pray for the people of Bernie, Texas, Fair Oaks Ranch, Comfort, Pipe Creek, Bandera, Helotus, Kerrville, Spring Branch, Bulverde, Canyon Lake, Pelotus, Chavano Park, San Antonio. I pray for the lost. If you've never prayed for the lost, it may seem strange to you, but God may be bringing somebody to your mind right now, that lifesaver in your hand. God, this is Easter week. Jesus, you did all of this, not just for me, but for the people that I'm close to, so... Would you help me to reach for somebody who's far from God? Would you give us vision as a church family again, not for us, not about my preferences and what I like, but for others? God, that we have to keep adding services and we have to keep expanding and we have to keep planting churches and planting campuses. We have to keep expanding and moving and growing and growing the team and because there's more people to reach. There's more red lifesavers. There's more lost people who need saving. 
There's more saved people who need a pastor in their life that cares for them and loves them and is concerned for them and a small group who cares, rallies around them. The pastored people need training. They need to know they have a purpose. That they're not here to just be consumers but contributors. And those trained people need to be mobilized to be an army of hope and life to the hill country and beyond. Thank you, you've chosen our church for that. Thank you, you've chosen these people for that. I believe you're for powerful revival in the next season of this church. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord, everybody, today? You receive him? Amen. Stand up. I want to send you out of here, worshiping God together. Thank you for being in church today. Nobody move. Let me just, I want to pray a blessing over you. I know it's a little late today. We'll be quick next week. You'll love it. It'll be cold, Pat. I can't wait. God's going to move. God's going to save a ton of people next Sunday. Don't miss. Don't come alone. Fill your car up, your minivan, your SUV. Bring your neighbors, friends, co-workers, family, people close to you, far from God. If you'll do what I can't do and you'll reach into the sphere of influence God's given you, I'll do what you can't do. And I'll give the gospel in the clearest way I know how. And we'll see a lot of people say yes to Jesus. 8 o'clock, 9.30 and 11 next week. Don't miss that. This Saturday, weather permitting, 10 o'clock right here on campus. I'd love to have you and your whole family. It's the first of the month. I always like to pray a special blessing over you. Our prayer team's at the front during this last worship song. If you need prayer. Don't leave without that. Why don't you raise both of your hands in the air and receive this priestly blessing. I pray the Lord bless you and He keeps you. I pray He makes His face to shine on you. That He's gracious to you. That He looks on you. And I pray that He gives you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.